Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Boss Barista. We have Extravaganza. We have um, Phantom and Fury. We have so much wonderful things for you. I am Jasper Wild. Oh, God, I can't even follow that. I was going to, I, but then, like, Count Chocula was about to come out, so... <laughs> do it! Do and it! I am Ashley Rodriguez. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and we are Boss Barista Podcast. Da, 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 da. So, somehow you've been transported into, like, an old-timey circus? Yeah. Yeah. So I felt, I felt, like... A little bit, oh, I'm so obscure. But then I said, like, Phantom and Fury, not to be confused with Fire and Fury, which is the the book about Trump that came out that was extremely, you know, damning to his credibility. And so, so not that. Phantom and Fury. But I don't know where I got that. I just have a lot of energy. I worked in the morning. I had a lot of coffee. You're feeling good. And I just had, yeah, and I just had food. Woo! Is it sunny outside? Yeah, it's sunny and cool like 63 oh that sounds so nice i'm okay so most of you know jasper and i are not together right now jasper is in the bay area and i am in chicago and it is warm quote unquote it's like in the 40s but it is covered in snow and it's all melty and it's dark out because i am like two hours ahead of jasper and it's it's just awful. Oh, no. Yeah, I won't even tell you that everyone's been calling it cold outside. That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> it's so cold, you need a jacket. <laughs> well, you live in the Richmond, too, so it's always colder out there. I used to live in Oakland, and like the minute you get off of BART from San Francisco to Oakland, it's like n- night and day. Mm-hmm. Or or 10 degrees. Or 10 degrees. That's actually more accurate. But it feels really different. Yeah, it does. Every time I go visit, I go to your apartment when we would record, I'd be like, oh my god, it is so cold and I want to go home. That's the exact impression of me when I go to your house. Yeah. Yeah. And the heat's on and my plants are bright and... You would already have coffee, but then I would make us more coffee. Oh, that's so nice. Wait, I have to tell you, because you have a lot of plants, too. So I drove all of my stuff about three weeks ago from Oakland to Chicago, and I'm driving, and I'm driving, and I'm looking, and I brought all my plants, too. They all were sitting in the back seat, and they all had, like... You yeah, did. that was really sweet. It was like it was nice to like look in the back and then be like, "Oh, look at my plants." And then some of them I put in the cup holders too. Like my car was just covered in plants. Oh. But then I took them out of the car. I drove for about 4 days and I would take the plants into the hotels or wherever we were staying each night. And I got to Chicago and apparently plants can be damaged by the cold, and I really tried to prevent that, but that did not happen so a lot of my plants are dying oh no yeah because you got them all in oakland yeah so they're used to this like you know 70 degrees all the time oh look the sun is shining and it's perfect and now they're in sad chicago where it's really cold and there's not as much sun and the apartment that we're in is on the first floor too so we don't get as much like sunlight coming in like all the buildings around us are kind of blocking so it's just 
Oh, I know, poor plants. But it's okay. turned a whole year old. Ah! We started doing this podcast on February 1st. That's at least when we released the first episode. We've been working on the podcast for about four or five months beforehand. And do you remember this when we were working on the podcast and it'd be like me and you and Nate at the time, like talking about Mm -hmm. the podcast. And then I think one day I was just like, that's it. If we don't release something on on February 1st, then we're not going to release anything. And then we did, and then this amazing thing happened, and it's been really exciting. Yeah. It was so long where we were just, like, working on it and planning it, and we had, we were like, first we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and you were like, when are we going to release the episode? (laughs) When are we going to start it? (laughs) It's like, and then we did, and that was a a good call on your part. Do you know how many episodes we've released to date? Uh, is it 37? Well, today... This obviously won't come out the day we release the episode, but today I released number 38. Ah! I know. What's, Wonderful. What's changed in all of this time? Wow. Well, a lot has happened. We have been nominated and awarded a Spreadgy for Best Coffee Podcast by Spreadge, so that's been an amazing, wonderful thing that's happened. Um, what else has changed? I don't we live there grown- anymore. You don't live here anymore. That's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. So I moved in November to Chicago. Uh, For the, like, two months beforehand, I had been traveling a lot. It was the first time in my coffee career where I got opportunities to, like, go travel and write. So I got to go to Seoul for the World Barista Championships, and then I went to Italy for this conference called host and I covered that and that was really great. Uh, but then I was like, Oh, I have friends who live in other countries. Like I should go visit them. Um, and this was kind of like on the back of a sort of really tough summer I had. I was working at a cafe and then I wasn't working there anymore. I was in a relationship and that just like completely combusted. Uh, that was really awful, but that's okay. And I like, Got to travel, and that was amazing. But then I started seeing somebody else, and he lives in Chicago, and I mostly do freelance work now, so I was like, I don't have to live in the Bay Area anymore. Holy crap. Like, Mm -hmm. let me get out of here. Um, I think you and I have probably talked about this more privately than on the podcast, but, like, we've got, there's some issues with the Bay Area that are that make it really hard to live here, especially if you don't have a community around you that's really well established, which I think you do, which I didn't have, especially like after all of that crazy stuff happened to me in my life, I was like, oh shit, like what, what am I still doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bay Area is really expensive. <laughs> yeah, that is a huge, a huge everyday problem that so many of us have to face. What did you... What was expensive, what was more expensive here than in other places? Well, I lived in New York before I lived in San Francisco, and I thought 
you know, it's New York. It's the most expensive city in the United States. And that's not true. Um, New York, yeah, I know, which is, in, I couldn't even wrap my head around it. So when I was living in New York, I was working at a coffee shop that I made like pretty like decent money working on the floor and I had a really good community network. So it was really easy for me to like see my friends and get around and I had a bike and I lived really close to work and my coworkers were all really great. And I gave a lot of that up to move to San Francisco. And when I first took the job that I took, it was at a lower rate than what I was making at the other cafe. But I was like, oh, that's fine. Like it's San Francisco won't be as expensive. My rent was way more. My yeah. transportation was way more. Like in New York, you buy a Metro card for like a hundred and something dollars and it's unlimited. You just go on the train whenever you need to in San Francisco, I was living in Oakland, and I'd have to go from Oakland to San Francisco every day, and I'd take BART, which is, like, our, our sad excuse of a transportation system, because it's literally just, like, one line, and that cost me $8 every day, and just, like, other amenities were just really more expensive for the fact that the city wasn't as interconnected as... New York or Brooklyn were. I was living in Brooklyn before I moved out here. I don't know. And I, I loved, I love the Bay Area. Like the idea that I was so close to nature, it was really great. And I grew up in Miami. Like I love being warm. Like I could be in 60 degree weather all year without any problem. The fact that it's cold here is making me want to pull my hair out. But there is this kind of like stratification between people working in service and people working in tech that was like I could not grapple with like this like the stratification of class I thought was so apparent in San Francisco and not that it's not apparent in other cities but it was just like it was just out it felt out of control in yeah. in the Bay Area it felt like there was no way I was ever going to be able to own a house there was no way that I was ever going to not make you know, an hourly wage. And there was no way that I was ever going to convince people to like tip more or charge more for coffee, which we should be, we should be charging the most for coffee and we're not. So I remember when you would travel, even before you were dating, I don't know if you want to say his name, but we, I guess we won't say his name. <laughs> they can guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, even before you were dating this new person, um, where you would come home and you would feel really depressed. What, what was it exactly that you would come up against when you were having those feelings? Was it, was it the like over the top classism that made you feel depressed or was it like the loneliness or what was it exactly? Kind of a lot of things at that point. I felt like professionally I'd moved out to San Francisco to do like my best coffee work and that just didn't happen. And I, I like couldn't really wrap my head around why I was there. Like, so when I moved to San Francisco, I asked a lot of people about it. I was like, should I do this? Should I make this big move? And I got a lot of advice from people kind of just telling me nothing really like nothing helpful, but one person I talked to was like, well, when are you ever going to do this again? When are you ever going to make a, a cross-country move? And I was like, okay. And then, and then I did. 
I moved, and my boyfriend at the time, the one who recently broke up with, was like, oh, I didn't expect you to make that choice to move. And then he moved to San Francisco as well. But I think he kind of, like, always held it against me. Like, it was never resolved, and he would talk a lot about, like, if we were back in New York, or I wish that, like, my life was still in New York. And after a while, that became possible. Like, I was like, oh, maybe I do want to move back to New York. But then he found a lot of success at the company that he was working at. And then that wasn't really a thing anymore. And then we started kind of drifting apart. And then I found out that he was cheating on me for a very long time. And... Mm -hmm. That was really hard for me to kind of contend with. And I know, like, I would talk to you during, like, that period where I was like, wait, this breakup isn't real or it's not over. And then, like, I found out a lot more, like, shady stuff he did. So that was really hard. And it was hard for me to be in San Francisco kind of knowing he was also there. And I was like, this doesn't feel like my home and it never was our home together. So, like, why am I here? Like, my whole, the whole time I was in San Francisco, I was with this person. Yeah. And then there was also... There also seemed to me, and this is a huge generalization, and I don't mean this to describe every person in San Francisco, but there just felt like this lack of hustle. Like, it felt like nobody was working very hard <laughs> all the time. Like, people that I would work with, like, I, I, I never felt like I could turn to the people that I was working for and be, like, inspired by them. Like, the first company that I worked for was, like, just overrun with like rampant sexism one time I was told that I wouldn't get paid as much as um this guy that was in my position before me because he was married and I wasn't like stuff like that all the time but then at the same time like nobody above me seemed to be like excelling and doing their best work so it wasn't like a place mm -hmm. where I was like, oh man, like this fucking sucks, but these people around me are working really hard. I was like, no, like nobody's doing anything. Like this is, I'm like unmotivated. And also this is really shitty and the sexism is incredibly rampant. It was interesting. This is a total side topic, but there's, remember that, um, so a couple of days ago, the Bold Italic released an article about Eileen and about ritual kind of in the wake of all this four barrel stuff. And one of the former employees of the place that I used to work now works at Ritual. And he talked a little bit about his time there. And I reached out to him and I was like, oh my God, thank you for saying that. That really meant a lot to me because I had been grappling with the same feelings about that employer. And then the bold italic took those quotes out of the article. They did? Yeah. If you go back to it, uh, this person reached out to me and they were like, my, art, my quotes were taken out. Oh, wow. So this person said, hey, there was sexism at this one coffee shop, and they named the coffee shop that you worked at. Yeah. And then, whoa. Right? That's, it's, yeah. Ew. I know. I really hate it. So I reached out to the author of the article, and she told me that she'd get back to me, that she was equally surprised about this, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, so... That was, like, another another thing that I noticed when I was in San Francisco is that I just didn't feel motivated by anyone. Like, when I worked in New York, the last coffee shop I worked at was this place called Variety. I've mentioned them before. And not that it wasn't without its dysfunction. It was incredibly <laughs> highly dysfunctional in, in the time I was there. 
but my coworkers all worked really hard. Hmm. Everybody knew what they were doing, did it well. And my boss, the owner, Gavin was like completely willing to like get behind the bar, help you out if you were busy. Like he was not one to shirk away from like hard work and responsibility. And that really inspired me as well. So I was like, why am I here? Like what? Okay. It's beautiful here. I get it. But like, why am I, why am I here? Especially because this is the most expensive city in the United States. And I'm, you know, I'm a freelancer. It doesn't matter where I am. So it made moving to Chicago really easy for me. So what do you really like about Chicago? You, I mean, you've lived there before. What's it like coming back to it? Ugh, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm a little like ill-equipped to say anything about Chicago right now because it has been really, really cold. In the last three months, I've been doing a lot of traveling. Like I went home to Miami for a month. I went to Oakland and did that road trip to get my stuff. We went to New York for a couple of weeks too. In Denver. We went to Denver. Oh, that's right. You and I were in Denver together. Oh, I was in Denver again. No, I was in Fort Collins. I don't even know where I've been. <laughs> um, and my my like current partner now does a lot of training for his work. So he travels a lot kind of around the Midwest. And I've been going with him because I can. I can just bring my computer and do work. Um, almost every episode that you and I have recorded in like the last month has been at a hotel. <laughs> So that's awesome. I know. So I bring like my whole thing. Like I have my, my, my microphones and my recorder and I have my handheld recorder just in case. And then I have my mixer and it's like more than like, just like my, and then I have like one like pair of pants or something. Like that's what I bring with me. (laughs) So that's what you're packing. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. So I lived in a different part of Chicago too. I lived in the South side because I went to school down there and I felt really isolated because there wasn't a lot of public transportation, but now I have a car, and I'm like, oh, the city is mine. Damn. Uh, yeah, I know. So it has been more positive because I do fear, feel more mobile, and that was a problem I had in California. I didn't have a car there, and I got a car when I was back in Miami. And I don't know. I, don't, I, still, I still don't know. Like, I still don't know what to make of the city yet because I haven't really been out exploring as much because it has been so cold. Um, and I've been really focusing more on writing and trying to do more writing projects and more podcasting projects. Um, I didn't tell you about this, but I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I told you about this idea for a podcast I had once about following people in their hometowns or following people around in like the places that they call home and what home means. Mm-hmm. Called it My Hometown. Um, actually, it's like the first produced podcast I have ever like thought about. So I recorded an episode with my partner. Uh, he took me around his hometown, uh, just outside of Minneapolis. And like, I worked on that and I was like, Oh man, like I'm doing projects. So my hometown might be something you want to listen to. That's a plug for oh, my, I can't wait to hear it. I know I'll send it to you. I'm still not, I still feel like I made it and it's out there, but like, I haven't like linked to anything. I just want to like, Oh, I feel like, wait, can I look can I look it up on iTunes? No, it's not on iTunes. I put it on SoundCloud. Because I didn't want to commit. Okay. I didn't want to commit yet to, like, doing it, you know? Yeah. Especially because I don't have other interviews yet. But if you well, want me to... You know, Ashley, you just need to drop this episode. Just get it started. I like, know. If you don't start <laughs> by a certain time, it'll never happen. It's true. You have to give me a deadline. Okay. March 1st. I'm going to do it. March 1st. 
Okay, so I'm in Chicago. I still feel lukewarm about it. How are you in San Francisco? I'm doing good. So um, a couple of things have changed for me personally. So I am no longer with the Bay Area coffee community. Um, and that has been, that's been wonderful for me to work on that for the last two years. Um, but back in November, I stepped back and sort of decided there's a lot of really amazing things that I want to do in my life. And I have a short amount of time and a lot of that time has to be working to make the money I need to live here. So I decided I'm going to try to move back away from my coffee activism and move towards more political activism. So I stopped the Bay Area coffee community and I got an internship and I got it with, I picked, um, I wanted to work with Jane Kim, who is a city supervisor here in San Francisco because she is the most progressive supervisor here and she does the most with with her power to help the, um, the lowest income of people and the most marginalized people. So I got that internship. And then a couple weeks later, our mayor, Ed Lee passed away. And then a couple weeks later, Jane Kim announced that she was running for mayor. And about two weeks ago, I stopped working at city hall, which was loads of fun, but they had plenty of interns and they wanted my help on the campaign. So now I'm an intern on a mayoral campaign and oh my God, it's so fucking fun. Oh my God. That's, I, I, I knew that you were working for Jane Kim, but didn't it occur to me that you started working for Jane Kim before Ed Lee died. So then mm-hmm. that ramped up for you real fast. Yes. Yes, it did. And the like it's so fun. There's this energy in the campaign and I mean, I love the TV show Scandal. So I know <laughs> I know how exciting campaigns can be via watching that show. But uh, <laughs> if it, <laughs> but it feels so different to actually it's way more local than a presidential campaign and it's a lot more it's a lot more um informal and okay I'm gonna say this word and it's gonna sound bad but for me as a Virgo this is not bad it's it's tedious it's a lot of like lists and projects and like flow and then it's like you and four other people so you gotta be like I'm going to plug away at this. And you doop a doop doop plug, plug, plug. Five hours later, okay, I've called 137 people. Now I'm going to do something else. Also, I'm a lot. I'm going to do this project or, oh, something's come up. I have to save a gazebo, except I have to save San Francisco from this classist crisis that we're facing. It feels, it feels very much like the things that you did not like Ashley about the Bay Area and Oakland is definitely different from San Francisco but they there's so much of like the same web and the same world San Francisco is just like a little bit more heightened and concentrated with the wealth which means that it's like so much wealth but also a lot of poverty and then Oakland kind of has it's more like middle but also historically poverty 
and like new money's coming in. So if, if we don't like provide a template here in San Francisco to like dig us out of this mess that we've built for ourselves. And of course, obviously it's like no surprise. Why are we in this mess? Money, capitalism, real estate, bankers, and politicians just getting money from all these people and then they get to do whatever they want with the city. So what's amazing about Jane Kim is she's like, she's the Bernie Sanders of San Francisco. Nobody wants to back her because she's not going to do any favors. And also it's the other way around. She doesn't want their money because she won't do their bidding. So a lot of my phone calls are, hi, can you donate money? <laughs> hey, can you host a get together? Hey, can you put a window sign in your window? Very like small things that end up making a big difference. It's funny that you tell this story because it feels like, I mean, we are in no way as important as Jane Kim. What she's doing is incredible and amazing, and she's going to affect amazing real change in San Francisco. But that kind of feels like that last story you told about how nobody wants to back her kind of resonates, I think, with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's I, let's talk about what we've been going through. So you were at Bloom. You started. This started with you. So like, let's let's go there. So Ashley and I did a Bloom presentation um, in July of 2017. And when we were there, a couple of people from this brand, we were not going to name them, but uh, we, we would love to like tell the story as an example. So this one brand was there and I did not meet them at the Bloom event, but I ended up meeting them at the Tamper Tantrum event, which happened a couple months later. And they said, oh, we would love to, uh, we would love to sponsor your podcast. And we were like, great, that is wonderful. So we followed up with them a couple months later, <laughs> but when we did follow up with them, we had been nominated and awarded the spreadsheet and we had been we'd been vocal about opposing the SCA's deferred candidacy policy and we also spent a good amount of our first month of 2018 talking about four barrel and standing against their policies and standing with the women that had been sexually harassed so we think these positions are the right thing we think we are just saying what everybody else is thinking, and we're also pushing a number of people to be outspoken with us so that we can do the most with our voices collectively. And that hasn't, uh, that does not turn into dollars, <laughs> No, it doesn't. So then, <laughs> again, like, I don't want to admonish these people because they were very generous and they did donate money to us for the work that we had done but they were no longer interested in sponsoring us and, and doing like a kind of more, to be perfectly honest, more lucrative deal with us that would have mm -hmm. gotten us more money um, mm -hmm. because of our stances. And they, they kind of were like, you know, like there are two sides to every story. They kind of did that thing, which again, like you're a brand, we get it. You probably work with a lot of people and you have to be very open-minded but that also isn't what we do. Like, we are the opposite. We take a stance and we highlight the voices that are often not looked at. And we want to make sure that we're not diluting 
our message. So I feel like we're about to do what you do every day, which is sitting at your phone and like calling people all day. Um, we're going to have to rely on our listeners and through hopefully small or large contributions if you want. So we set up uh, what's called a Patreon page. I think most people have heard of it at this point, but we just launched it. It's live. It is a really simple way for like anybody who has ever listened to the podcast, been moved by the podcast, or just wants to like throw in a couple of bucks a month, you can kind of almost be like a sponsor for us. Um, and there are different reward tiers too. So if you give like $3 a month, for example, which is three times 12 is 36. So $36 a year, which would be amazing. Um, we'll do a shout out for you on the podcast. And it doesn't even have to be for you. It can be for someone you really like, or it can be for a cafe that you're really inspired by. For $10, we'll send you, we did this last year, and we're bringing it back, we'll send you a Boss Barista pin. Ew. Ooh. Um, so we have the website up, and there are all these different reward uh, tiers, uh, you know, anywhere from a dollar, which is amazing as well, to like $50 a month, however you feel is appropriate for you. Obviously, we're going to keep making podcasts and we're going to keep making them free. We don't want to start charging for any of our content, but you know, making a podcast is also really hard. At this moment right now, it's really just me and Jasper and we edit everything, we produce everything, we do all the research for everything. And in the last episode, we kind of touched on how like one episode that's like 30 minutes long can be you know, anywhere between like five and like 20 hours of back and forth of editing, of us disagreeing about something, about us, you know, making sure that we check all of our references and make sure that the people who spoke to us initially are ready to, you know, have their message conveyed on a large platform. Um, and then also a lot of dealing with trolls and banning people from our Instagram accounts. Um, so please check out the Patreon like we said, anything that you can contribute would be awesome. And there are a lot of different fun rewards. Um, do you want to hear what my favorite reward is? Yeah, what is it? So if you donate $15 a month, you get to pick a song that we sing our outro to, to the tune of. Wow, that's a uh, <laughs> deal. I think so. Um, if you don't, I'm only going to do Billy Joel songs, so... You should probably know. Oh, I'll shake it up. We're going to do <laughs> thing, other things. We're not just going to do Billy Joel. <laughs> You're crushing my dreams, Jasper. <laughs> but the only, oh, maybe if you, okay. The, the, if you don't donate $15 a month, it's only going to be Billy right, Joel. Is exactly. that what you said? Exactly. Oh, okay. So hopefully that motivates people to <laughs> get it going. Um, but yes. But yeah, so there are a lot of really cool rewards, and then we're hopefully going to work with you guys to figure out what some other rewards can be. Um, we were doing some research on what other podcast Patreons kind of offer their um, the people who pledge, and it's a lot of like extra episodes and stuff like that, but we really want to make sure that that's what you want. So hopefully... If you donate, you'll be able to like leave a comment being like, hey, like I would like this, or this would be valuable to me. So yeah, the website is www.patreon.com slash boss barista. 
And Patreon is a website that is mostly, like, artists are on it or activists or people who, like, perform emotional labor often mm-hmm. are on Patreon. Um, it's just, like, it's not quite as, like, we have a project that we're drumming up money for as Kickstarter is. Um, but it's a little bit more, like, exchanging goods or, like, money for goods, or money for services, right. or money for emotional labor. Right, it's a lot of, like, artists who are really just trying to make their art happen, mm-hmm. and it's empowered a lot of really, actually, amazing podcasts to do what they do. Um, there's this one that I was looking at, I think it's called The Sword and the Scale, and it's this really, like, I think it's a true crime podcast, and it was started by this person who, like, had a full-time job, and they were super committed to making this happen, and then Patreon help them, like, quit their job, and now they do this full-time. They make these, like, beautifully produced whole podcasts. So, like, they're incredibly, like, well-done and well-researched, and, like, that's just one example. So people can go on there and, like, if they're writers, like, they can get, like, a Patreon started to, like, sponsor their writing. There's actually one writer that I really, really um, was moved by, and I'm, like, really sad that I'm blanking on their name, but I'll put up the link later, and they wrote this article, I think I sent it to you, Jasper, about, um, the Whisper Network before all the Harvey Weinstein and Me Too movement things happened, and it was almost like, oh my god, this person, like, predicted it, this person, like, saw it, so a lot of really amazing creators and artists and people who are just doing really cool projects, so even if you don't want to sponsor us, uh, go to Patreon and just check out, like, what other people are making and maybe help a couple people realize their dreams. Yeah. So we have a goal. We would love to have a thousand dollars a month. That's the goal. And we have over 10,000 monthly subscribers. So if only one tenth of y'all donated one dollar a month, we would meet our goal. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm sounding like a NPR. I know, I love it. We should start like a telethon. But the goal being that if we don't, if we get $1,000 a month, we'll be able to give you weekly podcast. So we've been a little bit like iffy on when we release podcasts because, you know, we work. Like I'm, Jasper's working two jobs right now. Um, this is like the most like underemployed I've been. And even that is like, you know, doing my full-time job at Barista Magazine and doing all my freelance writing. And then like, all of the editing. Hopefully with that in the bank, we'll be able to invest more in our podcast and produce more episodes for our listeners. Yeah. We still have so much that we want to say, but honestly, like because we're so busy, each episode takes a much longer time because we just have to fit it in when all the other things are taking care of in our lives. Sometimes I say it, or sometimes Ashley says it. We're like, I'm actually busy for, like, two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Sorry, boo. Like, you're going to have to, you're just going to have to wait. Like, I, I have nothing else to give. Um, and if we were, if we, we would really be able to prioritize this work more if we were getting money for it, because then we'd be like, yes, this is something that isn't taking away time from all my other endeavors that do pay me money. Because honestly, that's, like, usually what it's about. It's not like, oh, I, I just want to go out to, to, and run beta breakers and get trashed this weekend. Sorry, Ashley, can't, can't do it. No, no, no. It's like, I have to work a double or, yeah, I have to get Jane Kim elected as mayor. Sorry. <laughs> You're not going to get trashed and run beta breakers? 
I'm not planning on it, but if we don't get $1,000 a month, I might. (laughs) (laughs) That would never happen. You would never do that. That would never happen. Never do that. Um, No. Last thing we have on our agenda, we are going to start our very first segment. So we're going to do... Hopefully some other segments, we're still kind of brainstorming different ones that we wanted to do, but the first segment that we're going to do, it's got a silly name, I'm really excited for it. It is called, oh god, what did we call it? I already forgot it. Jasper, go. Thou Crush, Thou Crush Shoutouts. Thou Crush Shoutouts, T-H-O-U Crush Shoutouts. So we wanted to highlight people in the coffee community and we were thinking about like social media like what do people use to highlight people oh like man crush monday or woman crush wednesday we're like okay well what's like a gender neutral way to say that and we went to the internet and thou crush thursday is your official gender neutral crush hashtag so it's a thing it's actually started by keonis johnson started Thou Crush Thursday, and they are a non-binary artist. Their Instagram is no binaries allowed. I love it. And they use the hashtag Thou Crush Thursday to promote themselves and, and other queer people like them. That's awesome. So yeah. Thou Crush Shoutout is going to be our segment that we do highlighting different people in coffee that we're really excited about. So as I mentioned, I write for Barista Magazine and the Good Food Awards just happened in San Francisco in January. And 16 coffee companies won a Good Food Award. Every single person who won a Good Food Award won with a coffee from Ethiopia. Does that have to do with the harvest time though some of it has to do with harvest and some of it has to do with just how like the food awards are like judged uh, rewarded yeah Yeah, yeah. exactly which is fine like you know you play to your strengths a lot of people enter in ethiopian coffees just to begin with so every coffee that won was from ethiopia but then i noticed that a couple of coffees were from this one estate called the hambella estate so i did some research on the hambella estate and People all over the specialty coffee industry buy coffee from the Habella estate. You can find a ton of information on them on pretty much any roaster's website. So I did a little bit of research and I tried to learn more about the Habella estate. And its history is actually really incredible. In World War II, there was a woman named Mulamet Emru. And she was the first female African pilot. And as a reward for her service in, in aviation, uh, the king, or the emperor, excuse me, of Ethiopia gave her this plot of land, and she started harvesting coffee. So the farm is now in its third generation. It's owned by the Matad Association, which is her family's company. And the Hambella Estate employs 700 people, 70% of them are women, it has 28 full-time employees, and Hambella is really great about supporting women throughout the community and also supporting other coffee companies and other coffee growers in the region. They have the only SCA certified lab in all of Ethiopia. They're the first ones to do that, I guess first and only. And they operate a school in their district 
They also support uh, cervical cancer screenings for women in coffee-growing communities, and they share a lot of their knowledge, too. So they'll go to different farms and, like, help them out and tell them about growing practices or help them with the technology that they've developed. So this Thou Crush shout-out is to the Hembella Estate. You're doing amazing work, and it's obvious that it's showing up in the quality of your coffees with so many people using your coffee for the Good Food Awards. It's clear that not only do you... Tasty coffee isn't just tasty coffee, but good coffee that's grown sustainably is also really important, and it comes through in the final cup. That is badass. So look up the Hembella Estate. Really easily accessible information. Look up Moulinet Emru. She is amazing. First female pilot in Africa and started one of the most progressive estates in Ethiopia for growing coffee. Yay! Let's go drink it. Yes, it's available at a lot of different roasters. And if you check out the Good Food Awards winners, you'll see a lot of people use that coffee. I'm not sure if they're all still available, but you can check it out and check out some of those links. Mm, There's so much to do. Great. Go to our Patreon. Go check out the Hembella Estate. So many amazing things are happening. Yeah. Go smash the patriarchy. Always. Go vote for Jane Kim for mayor. <laughs> Get involved in your local politics, damn it. <laughs> Call your senators. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so it. much to do. <laughs> what should we sing this song out to? Um, well. Or what should we sing this outro to? Like, who should we sing it to? No, or what like... should we sing? Because I said, who should we sing the song to? And I was like, that's not the right words. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, we should sing it to... Uh, oh, my God. Is there... Let's sing it to... Tonight, the, the Black Panther movie is premiering. So I kind of want to do, like, a... Kendrick Lamar and SZA just came out with a really good song, but I don't, I don't know it well enough to sing it. Okay, then don't for do it. The, okay, okay. Maybe, can we put it on the end? Just like a little boop, clip? I don't think we can do that. Not legally. No! Okay, everybody get on your Spotify <laughs> or YouTube or something and look up Kendrick Lamar, SZA, Black Panther um, soundtrack and listen to that song because it's so good. Play it right now as we continue to talk, and then you can imagine us singing along to it as well. Yeah. Um, on behalf of Boss Marisa, like, thank you for a whole a whole year of listening. Thank you to everyone who has been with us through this, this fun and nutty year, and thank you to all the people who have, like, picked up the podcast over the last couple of months. Just thanks, everybody. Everyone's doing a really good job. Yeah, thank you so much. It really matters, and everyone is becoming more engaged, and we've been seeing, like, a lot of people um, start their own coffee communities or, like, reach out to us, talk to each other. It's just been wonderful to see. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all soon. Bye.